0: On Neto. He'll dance, he'll step, he'll shoot!
1: We are here to feel your Rockets news. This is the Rocket Field Podcast presented by Clutch Fans. I am your co-host, Lashar Binkley. Of course, you can always find me on Twitter at Binkley Hoops. And you can find my written work on the Dream Shake, which is presented by SB Nation. As usual, we appreciate everybody that jumps on every week. We kind of have a special podcast. week. We had the first game last night. Uh, The Rockets had a, a huge victory over the Spurs, so we definitely wanted to jump on. And uh, give a quick recap of uh, last night's game. But before we get too far into it, I want to let my co-host introduce himself because this is his first official uh, co-host and dudes with Rockets Fuel. He was, of course, on a, a previous podcast, but I want to give him a chance to introduce himself to the audience again.
0: Hey, what's up, y'all? So it's Vader. You can find me on Twitter at Vader underscore H-Town. And I'm looking forward to doing these with Lashard. Um, it's going to be a great year if, if last night was any indication.
1: Yeah, I mean, at the very least, we know the Rockets are probably not going to be the worst team in the league. I think that's probably going to go to the Spurs, because I know they were missing a couple of players. Um, but at the same time, you can kind of see the Spurs are like two or three years even behind the Rockets at this point in their rebuild. Um, but not not to go too deep into the Spurs, I want to kind of actually start off with the Rockets, of course, and talk about Jabari Smith. We saw him struggling in the summer league with his shot. His defense, of course, was still excellent. Um, but last night, we saw exactly why the Rockets were so excited about uh, drafting him number three and why a lot of people for most of the year thought he was going to be the number, over one, uh, number one overall pick. Um, him and Tari Eason tied for the, um, the game high with 21 points each. Uh, Jabari came out very aggressive. His first uh, points was an easy dunk off of a great pass from Alperen Shangun and he just continued to pour it on after that. Um, making several threes and he just looked really confident out there on the court. Um, So what did you see from uh, Jabari Smith and how the Rockets used him last night that kind of, that kind of helped him uh, be a lot more successful than he was in the summer league?
0: So for me, and I think for a lot of people last night was just kind of a validation. It was uh, like Jabari was a, was a revelation last night. He did all the things that, you know, a lot of people were saying that he was going to be able to do. You know, Summer League is not really the best place for a guy like Jabari. Jabari is um, he plays off of the talents of other people. He's not really a shot creator at this point in his career. And he needs guys around him who can who can draw that uh, defense and then kick it out to him so he can get that pretty shot off. And that's yeah. what we saw last night, you know, in Summer League. Um, he was dealing with a situation where you got other guys out there. Those guards are trying to establish themselves and make a name for themselves and earn a roster spot. So, you know, things don't always flow as smoothly. But people from the from the get go, the people who, who really know basketball and, and, and kind of know uh, Jabari's archetype knew that, you know, when he was in the game with with a creator like Alperin Shangoon, uh, Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green, he was going to flourish. And we saw that last night. I mean, he got so many wide open shots. His, you saw the spacing um that he provides because guys did not want to leave him. And he doesn't need a whole lot of room to get that shot off. You know, there were a few times I saw guys kind of trying to decide whether or not whether or not they wanted to help, but they didn't want to leave him. And, and, and they played it almost perfectly. And he was still able to get his shot up because, I mean, he's 6'10", 6'11". That's pretty much an unblockable shot for, you know, 99% of the the NBA. You know, maybe, maybe Giannis or somebody like that might be able to get out there on, on his shot. But I mean, there's only one Giannis in the yeah. NBA. And so like last night, I was just so I was so hyped up, uh, Lashard. I was I was so excited because, you know, pretty much everything that that we said was going to happen happened. You know, you yeah. saw the defense. Uh he he brings that in space. He he brought the defensive intensity that he uh, brought from game one in the summer league that transferred over into a real NBA game. And then he also, um, you know, the shot looked a little bit flat. I don't know if he was rushing it. I don't know if it was just him adjusting to the um, NBA distance or, uh, you know, whatever it was, I was never concerned. Like
1: yeah.
0: coming out of college, you knew that dude could shoot. So, you know, guys go through slumps. And I just knew like once he got in a lab with John Lucas and, you know, they worked on a few things that it was going to, it was going to pay off. And we saw it pretty much he came as advertised, you know, one, one, one thing that he did that I really loved that he did a lot at Auburn was that pull up three in transition. Yeah. you know, I, That, that showed me, I'm like, okay, he's confident, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a shot that you have to uh, take with confidence. And when he, 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 uh, you know, he set his feet and he let it fly and hit nothing but net, man, I, I jumped up out of my chair because I'm like, that's the dude we drafted. That's the guy that, you know, a lot of people were saying was going to be like the first pick in the draft. And they were saying that for months. So, um, you know, now I, I feel like Jabari has – he's hes gotten a little underrated, you know, by a lot yeah. of people because he fell to three. And um, I like it, though. You know, he's under the radar now a little bit. He's going to have a chip on his shoulder. And I think he came out last night and he – you know, at least for one night, he, he proved the, the naysayers wrong and he proved the doubters wrong. And, you know, I think a lot of people are, are going to be on back on the Jabari Smith train.
1: Yeah, I mean, you pointed out what he did in Auburn. I mean – um, if I'm not mistaken, he was uh, the, one of the first uh, guys 6'10 or taller since Kevin Durant to shoot, like, over 40% from, like, uh, 30 feet and beyond. I mean, his, he has his shot range is pretty much unlimited. And, we, we, of course, we didn't see that in Summer League, like you pointed out. Summer League is basically something Coach Dallas kept saying over and over again, just basically glorify a pickup game. So that's not really, like you said, the setting for Jabari Smith. He needs playmakers around him, and you saw that he was in the corners a lot, um, which I think we'll see a lot throughout the season. I wouldn't be surprised if he's – if not this year, eventually he's probably one of the leading guys in corner threes just because when you have playmakers all over the court and you're able to spread the court, like you said, they're not going to want to leave Jabari. But at the same time, you saw our prince Shankun was just starting to dominate in the paint, and they started easing over to try to guard him. And then you saw Jalen and KPJ really kind of took a step back offensively, but just wait till they actually start, you know, being aggressive and getting to the basket. That puts even more pressure on the defense. So I think it's just, it's kind of sky's the limit right now for Jabari. I mean, if that shot is going, I know a lot of people really didn't consider him for rookie of the year um, before, you know, training camp and for preseason got got kicked off. But you combine that with his defense. I mean, I know Paulo's probably going to have – defense. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're basically talking about elite defense. I mean, I know Bancaro is probably going to have the ball in his hands more, but you have to, if you factor in offensively and defensively, there's no reason why he shouldn't be in the running for rookie of the year, especially with Chet Holmgren out for the uh, entire year. Um, and you mentioned that, that pull up three. I mean, that's something you have only, you're only going to do that if you're confident, you're not going to do that if you're hesitant and don't want to shoot. So he was definitely confident at that point. Even a mid-range shot that he actually missed um, earlier in the game, he took two or three dribbles and pulled up right in, in, in mid-range, and nobody's pretty much blocking his shot. Even though he missed a shot, it was really encouraging to see him go out there and take shots outside of just taking three-pointers. And remember, this is just the first preseason game. Um, something Coach Salas mentioned to us uh, in the press room before the game was they only have like four or five sets in right now. So they haven't even implemented in most of their sets, which I mean it's not uncommon. I don't want anybody to, you know, start sending in hate mail to Coach Salah saying this offense is too plain. Most teams don't really put in a lot of offenses in the preseason. So I think just throughout the season you'll see uh Jabari develop even more when they actually run more complicated sets because that's gonna give me more open shots. Um and another you wanna player
0: really get, yeah. you want to really get more proficient at a few things you don't want to just yeah. be doing a whole lot of stuff you know you know at at 50 percent proficiency when yeah. you know it's much better to run those four sets and be like really good at at them than have like eight sets and then you you're not really good at any uh, at any of the eight you know so like i understand what you're yeah. doing you, yeah. you have to put the foundation in place before you really start like expanding on it and building on it
1: yeah i mean and we haven't talked about. I mean, Eric Gordon looked good last night. Good. I know some people want to get him traded, get him out, so young people get the minutes. But I mean, you got to imagine Eric Gordon on one side, Jabari Smith on the other side. You have KPJ and Jalen uh, pushing the ball, getting inside of the lane. Then you have Amper and Shangoon down low, um, who you. get. I mean, most teams are going to have to double team him at some point because there's just no way one person is going to be able to stay with him in the paint. So. Yeah, they still got a lot to work on, and yes, the Spurs are horrible. I mean, they're they're like really bad. I mean, I know. Yeah, we even... really have to make that caveat, of course. But <laughs> yeah. like, hey, you know, we've been the worst
0: team, and this is not yeah. an exaggeration. We've been the worst team in the NBA the High last week. so, yeah. like, you know, if we if we go out there and we beat up on another team, like I'm, I'm gonna celebrate that. You know, if, <laughs> yeah. if we we can uh, wake up one one morning like we did today and 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 actually say we are not the worst team in the NBA anymore. Like. I don't care who, who they had on the floor. You know, I'm, I'm very happy about what I saw. Like you said, you know, Shangun was dominating in the paint against a bigger uh, player. And, really? you know, he, he he was a monster down there. And then Jabari looked confident. He looked like he belonged. I like the fact that uh, KPJ and Jalen made a concerted effort to get him the ball. You know, right. I was a little concerned. You know, there were times at the beginning of last season where when, you know, Jalen Green looked like a monster in summer league. This is kind of like opposite. And then in preseason, he kind of took a step back. You know, he, he deferred to his, his uh, veteran teammates. And so, you know, to see Jabari come out last night and actually get that many shots up and also to be the leading scorer at halftime, um, I think he still ended up being the leading scorer of the game, tied with, with Tari. Um, you know, he, he looked like he belonged. He was confident. He He did everything that I wanted to see him do that first game. And then, like you said, him being in the corner, I mean, that's that's probably going to be a layup for him at some point. Yeah. Um, that, that's the shortest three, three-pointer three on the whole court, and I think that's going to be knocked down for him. And he – you know, the, the question that you asked him in the interview uh, yesterday after the game, you know, I saw that you specifically brought that up, and I was glad you asked him that because there was a lot of contention last year about, like, why is Jalen Green in the corner? You know, <laughs> we want him doing more with the ball. You know, I, yeah. I, I was one of those people too. But, like, Jabari Smith in the corner – is amazing. And that was one of the things that I thought about immediately when we drafted him. You know, if he plays that role and he's in the corner, of course, he's. that's not the only thing he's going to be doing. But, yeah. like, Jabari Smith in the corner is, is, is going to be, like, you know, <laughs> that, that might be, like, a bread and butter thing. Like, you know, you're going to have, um, like you said, Shangoon drawing that double team. You're going to have KPJ. Oh, and that's another thing. that the, the pick and roll KPJ was running, you know. Oh, yeah. That Especially with Fernando. Yeah. Oh, my God. He looked amazing running that pick and roll. I'd like yeah. to see them doing a lot more of that. I don't know if it was a matter of Christian Wood not really wanting to do that. I don't know what it was, but like when when, when KPJ got in that pick and roll last night and he was getting downhill, he was he was playing with pace, he was making good decisions, he was uh hitting guys, you know, yeah. in in the pocket and they were getting easy shots.
1: Yeah, and um just real quickly on KPJ, I mean it looked really smooth with him and Fernando, especially um, when the, the the time that Fernando got on the court, because Fernando, uh, something else Coach Tyler's mentioned, he rolls hard to the basket. I mean, that's something that you need from your big man. And that's something that Apron Shangoon does roll hard, but he doesn't have the athleticism necessarily that Fernando has to play above the rim. So just have that asset coming off your bench and, reportedly you know, uh, Woj put out that the Rockets converted his two-way contract into a uh, four-year long-term deal. I don't know if we got all the details yet as far as if it's a guaranteed contract. I have a feeling that most of it's probably non-guaranteed, but still, to go from no deal to a training camp deal um, to a long-term contract, I mean, that kind of tells you all you need to know about how confident they are in Bruno Fernando, which may not be as great for Usman Garuba because Fernando was the first guy off the bench, um, uh, given Shane Goom, uh, some rest and, uh, running those backup minutes. So we may see Garuba either try to get some more minutes at the four or possibly move into the G league and getting some time there because they really seem like they're, they're leaning towards Fernando to get those backup center minutes. Um, but before uh, we get too far into that, I also want to talk about another player that had a great game, Tari Eason. I mean, he had a double-double, a 21 points, 10 rebounds off the bench. Uh, Coach Silas mentioned that they didn't even run any plays for him at all. But he's still he's just the type of player that he's he, he just knows where the basketball is. He's always around the basket. And you can see that. It, I mean, at this point, it's getting to the point where the sample size is getting larger and larger. At first, it was like, yeah, you know, it's the first couple of games of summer league, and then he kept doing it, and now he does it in preseason. It's going to get, I think he's he's going down the same path that Alper and Shangoon went last year, where when he first got drafted, some people were like, well, he's probably going to spend some time in the G League. And then he was just the best player on the court, and he spent no time in the G League whatsoever. And I think that's what we're going to see from Tari Eason, that he's just going to fight his way into the rotation, no matter – if KJ Martin is still here, Eric Gordon, it just seems like there's just no way you can keep him off the court. So what did you see from Tari Eason um in his game last night? I think he's going to force Silas
0: to play him. Yeah. Um I'm I'm I was with you. I thought that he was probably going to end up starting the season in 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 the G League, and I was okay with that because I know he can go down there and work on some things and get better as yeah. a player. But like you said, the sample size is becoming overwhelming. Dude got so many, you know, double doubles in the in the preseason. And you know we were—I mean, the summer league—and we were like, "Yes, yeah, the summer league." But now, you know, first game out in the preseason, what does he do? He does the same exact thing. He gets a double double. He gets this without, like you said, without them running plays for him, without him really being like heavily involved in the offense. He just has a nose for where the basketball is. He knows how to play basketball. You—you you can just see it. It's—it's it's one of those things where you can't really put a finger on it, but yeah. you, you know it when you see it. And with Tari, I'm—I'm I'm looking at him. and I'm like you know, he's athletic, but he's not like a super, you know, bouncy guy, but it's like, he has, he, he, he just, he's an instinctual player. Like even that, that uh, steal that he got where he almost had that breakaway windmill dunk, it's just like his anticipation. It's almost like he sees things developing defensively before they even happen. And then he has that massive wingspan and he has enough burst to get to where he needs to get to and, and make those like really amazing defensive plays And then offensively, is he's just like he's like the ultimate like garbage man. He's a he's a utility knife kind of player. He he does a little bit of everything. I I can't really say that I know what his main strength offensively is, but I know that he keeps getting buckets.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: If you leave him open for three enough times, he's he's probably gonna make one or two of them. I know that he's gonna get some offensive rebound putbacks. I know that he, you know, if you close out on close out on him too fast, he can go around you and he can and he can make you pay at the rim with a layup. And he, you know, he's probably not gonna dunk on you, but he just has this he just has this this weight to his game. That and, and I really love watching it. I really hope that, you know, at some point in time in the year he becomes like a serious rotation piece because he's a difference maker out there on the floor.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, sometimes some players you just can't quantify what they do on the court, you know, just by looking at numbers or trying to look at trends. Sometimes they're just really good players. I mean, that's just what it comes down to. And I think that's where he kind of got lost in the shuffle in the draft because a lot of draft people, sometimes they try to make comparison like, well, he's like this guy. He's like this guy. And Tari Eason just goes out there and makes plays every single game. And he's not, like you say, he doesn't have the greatest handles. He's not going to jump over anybody. Um, He doesn't necessarily have a great post game yet. He just goes out there and just knows how to score. He knows how to play defense. And since I last checked, that's like the two main things when it comes to being an NBA player is scoring and defense. So he's going to force his way some way, somehow into the rotation. Um, I I mean, not to talk ill of anybody, but I think we kind of know one player that going to be probably out of the rotation as Garrison Matthews, because unfortunately we kind of saw what we saw towards the end of last year um, was some of the same things where he was taking kind of ill shots, trying to get fouls, kind of just didn't look like he was involved in the offense. Not to say that he's not going to have a place on the team, because you can always use shooters, but it's just that I don't see him anyway any way playing a major role this year. So that's one player that he's definitely probably going to take minutes from we have to wait and see what they do with Sean Tate because I think Coach Solid still really values Sean Tate. Absolutely. And he's been the most consistent player for the Rockets since he's been here. So I just don't – I saw some people saying, well, you know, it was a good run for Sean Tate. But, no, I I don't see them in any way ready to move on from Jayshaun Tate already um, because, Mm -hmm. like you said, he's been consistent, you know, throughout his entire time he's been here.
0: And here's the thing, Lashar, like Jay Tate didn't even play last night. And so, yeah. you know, he he's probably, if not Eric Gordon, he's probably the next guy that that, that Silas would pencil in as the starter at small forward. Yeah. You know, I want to see what that three pointer looks like. Supposedly he worked o- on it over the yeah. summer. And if you if you have a Jay Tate with a league average three point shot, you wow. have you have a really good player on your hands. And you know, I want to see Jay Tate um in combination with Jabari and Tari at some point just to kind of see what it looks like. Maybe, maybe Jabari at a small ball five, you know, Tari and Jay, I know there's not a lot of shooting on the, on the floor at that time, but like, like I said, we're banking on hopefully Jay Sean being able to shoot, but like just think of the the disruption that those guys are going to cause defensively on the floor together. Um, That was, that was, like I said, the one of the things that I loved watching uh, Tari and Jabari last night was just the fact that they came out aggressive. Um, they didn't look passive. They looked like they belonged in the NBA and they and they yeah. looked like they know it. And so, you know, when, when watching the game last night, it was just one of those things where I'm I'm like that bodes well for what we are going to see during the regular season. Because yeah. I think a lot of uh, a lot of stuff that happens with these with these young rookies, these young players is that they kind of don't know where they fit. Yeah. Jabbar knows where he fits. He knows where he's going to get his shots from. And you know, even if his shot is not falling, he's still going to make an impact on the game defensively. And the same goes for Tari. Tari could have a game where he has four points, but you look at the stat sheet, and he has you know seven or eight rebounds. He has you know three assists. He has two steals. That's an impact. That's an impactful player right there. Yeah. And that's something that um, a lot of a lot of people probably you know we didn't get the high flying flashy. You know, you know, heliocentric type guy who's going to have the ball in his hands and it's going to be on <laughs> yeah. sports center every night. But we did get two guys who are going to impact the game, and that's what you want. Like when when you're building a team, we, you know, there's two sides of the of the court, just like you were saying earlier. And we added guys who are like legitimate two way players, not just oh, you know, he's going to be like a good defensive player, and then he, he might get a bucket here or there offensively. Like Jabari came out, and he wanted to establish, establish himself as a player, you know, offensively, and I think um, I, I just loved it.
1: Yeah, and, and something I, I just want everybody to keep in mind, they watching uh, these young guys play throughout the rest of the preseason and early in season, season, uh, Jabari mentioned that the biggest difference between the NBA and college was just the space um, that you have to deal with um, in, in, uh, in college, you, you know, you have, you don't have a three second rule. So the game is totally different. So it's an adjustment coming to the NBA where you have a lot more space, but at the same time, you have to make the correct moves because he said players are just so much better in the NBA. Uh, their recovery time is better. So it, it just takes an a, a adjustment period. So even if Jabari goes out next game and he only shoots four for 15, that doesn't mean all of a sudden that Jabari, you know, can't shoot again. I mean, it's just it's 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 an entire adjustment going from uh, playing also 30, 40 games. Now you're playing 80 plus games eventually, hopefully for the Rockets. Well, if you if you tie in preseason, it is 80 plus. Um, you're playing 80 plus games, so it's 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 going to be an adjustment period. But it's just really good to see that he kind of already knows his role, like you said, on the team. And I think that's going to go a long way in kind of speeding up his development. Is that he doesn't have to guess where he needs to be on the court or Should I take this shot? Shouldn't I take this shot? Now, of course, going forward, we'll probably see more from KPJ and Jalen Green, especially when we get to the regular season. They'll probably take more control of the offense. But ultimately, they're still going to help Jabari in the long run because he's going to have a lot more open shots. Uh, Real quickly, also, I wanted to kind of talk about Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, What did you see from them last night? Because even though their shots weren't falling, their plus-minus was still, uh, still really great. Um, I I can't remember if they actually finished with the highest plus minus. I know for most of the game, they did have the highest plus minus, um, which of course is not the end all be all, but it's still a good indicator of what they're doing out on the court. Uh, so what did you see from the backcourt yesterday, um, in that first preseason game?
0: Right. You stole my thunder a little bit. That was one of the first things I was yeah. going to bring up. It was the, the plus minus. So, yeah. you know, when they were on the court, they were making a huge difference. They were very impactful. And like you said, it's not the be all end all stat. Yeah. But we do know that like when they were on the floor, despite the fact that they weren't shooting that great, um, the team, the team flourished. And that's what you, yeah. that's what you want to see. And the crazy thing about like Jalen's game last night, like I'm not worried about him missing shots. Yeah. What I was impressed with was like, he, he was able to get to his spots. That's what I'm looking for. Are you able to get to your spot? It just looked different. I mean, maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm imagining things, but it looked different to me. <laughs> yeah. he, looked, he looked different than he looked at the beginning of last year, even even uh, just the confidence handling the ball, uh, his ability to, um, you know, navigate screens with the ball. Like I, I feel like his his playmaking has elevated a notch. And that's super encouraging to me because we know he can score. I mean, he scored 41 points in the last game of the regular season, yeah. um, you know, as a rookie. You know, I'm, I'm not – and he went on that historical tear of, you know, scoring 30-point you know 30 point games, you know, only matched by Allen Iverson. So, um, Jalen Green having an off-shooting night is the least of my concerns, just like if Jabari Smith has an off-shooting night, that's the least of my concerns. So, I was very impressed with the fact that he came out and he was looking to get his teammates involved. Um, like I said, his his handle looked a little bit tighter um, and he looked more confident. And as far as Kevin Porter Jr., um, I think a lot of the work that he put in during the offseason, you know, we just saw him you know, doing a lot of stuff this offseason. But you just yeah. never know how that's going to translate to the to the game, especially him playing point guard and I felt like he played with a very good pace yesterday. Like his pace was something that I that I look for when I when I look at a like a point guard. Like, are you playing with pace? Are you hitting guys when they're when they're open? Are you making the right the right pass? You know, you can make a pass, but is it the right pass? And yeah. so I saw a lot of uh, really good things from from KPJ last night. Like that that right handed. You know, he's a left handed player, but that right handed cross court pass that he made, that skip pass that he made, that was insane. That's the kind of pass that you only see guys like James Harden, LeBron James, guys of that ilk. You don't see, you know, just an average passer make that kind of pass. And the fact that he threw it with his offhand just kind of like if he would have thrown it with his left hand, it would have still been impressive. But he actually threw it with his right hand. And it it was like I like you like you were saying, like I I just really think that our backcourt is going to take another step this season. And so I, I was impressed. I, you know, like I, like you were saying, like they didn't shoot very well, but like that's the that's the least of my concerns when it comes to the, yeah. those two guys. I'm looking, are you know, are you making the right play? Are you getting your teammates involved? How are you? You know, were you active defensively? And I think I saw enough of that. I think they'll have a bounce back game on Friday.
1: Yeah, Yeah. He mentioned that pass, and Jabari uh, in the post game press conference was almost amazed by it. Like he didn't, <laughs> he was like he he like out of nowhere, he didn't expect that pass to come come to him that way. So I mean, other players see it, and we've seen the development from KPJ to where it doesn't seem like he feel like he needs to go out there and force shots up. And we saw, especially in the second half, he seemed like he was even more calm. He was taking control of the game. He was getting other players involved. Uh, Like we mentioned earlier, uh, some of the picking rolls he ran with Bruno Fernando um, were really smooth. He was able to uh, get the ball to him in the right spot. I think that's a connection we're going to see throughout the year, uh, something that gives the Rockets another element that they really didn't have a lot last year because Christian Wood, um, as you mentioned earlier, didn't really seem to roll that hard to the basket or didn't set the uh, correct pick to where he could get to the basket and be able to get the the lob from, you know, from KPJ or Jalen Green. He slipped so, a
0: lot of those. Yeah. And, it was, I, and I know it became a point of contention for his fans because we were yep. like, is that, you know, is that what Silas wants him to do? Or is that just something that he's doing on his own? Because he did not set very good screens for no. the ball handler. And then he didn't, like you said, he didn't really roll to the basket. A lot of times it, it almost felt like he was, you know, trying to set the, set the screen and then like, yeah. Give me the ball.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: like you know, you you have to set that screen, and then you have to you know trust the ball handler to make the correct the correct play. You know, and if they score, they score. If they get it to you, they get it to you. And you saw yeah. Kevin Porter last night. You know, he had a really good dime to uh, Shingun as well. And then, yeah. like you said, Bruno Fernando kind of brings a different element to the game that uh, Shingun doesn't necessarily bring. You know, they're very different players, completely different players. But Bruno brings that um, vertical that vertical spacing. That we really haven't had very much of since we traded clint capella so and his his pace in that pick and roll like i i was impressed with it like i, I really think that kevin porter's gonna have a huge year a, a huge season
1: yeah i honestly think he's going to be in the uh running for most improved player just because i think he's going to take that next step this year i mean you throw in the combination of his own improvement being more comfortable with the offense and it's a contract year because i mean you know, you can't overlook that. Players usually play better in contract years, but I just think his overall development and what we've been seeing all off season and hearing from Rafael Stone and Coach Silas about how hard he's been working. Um, I just think that. Oh well, also he has better players around him. I think that makes a difference that sometimes people kind of overlook when they're looking at these players. I mean, you can be as great as you want to be, but unless you're like one of the super duper stars like Luca or LeBron. You got to actually have really good players around you to actually be able to perform on the court and you know perform to your uh, best ability. So I think with the improved spacing, the Rock, Kevin uh, Porter Jr. definitely will have a, a better overall year. Um, before we wrap it up, uh, what are you expecting to see uh, from the Rockets in the next game? Because Coach Silas also mentioned that don't get too in love with the rotations because they're kind of still tinkering with the rotations trying to see what exactly lines are going to work. As you mentioned earlier, Jay Sean Tate wasn't even there. So we may see a whole different rotation come up in this game. But what are you kind of expecting or want to see in the next game? The next
0: game, I want to see some consistency. You know, when yeah. you have a young team, uh, you, you're you're they're inconsistent by nature. You know, they're still learning, you know, the game, you know, the NBA game, what to do at, at this level, how to be professionals. And so I want to see how they bounce back from a game where they completely dominated the opponent. Yeah, um, the Spurs are obviously in the Wimby sweepstakes. Let's be honest, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. like you know, Coach Popovich decided to go all in, and I think he has his eye on one of those first two oh, three yeah. in the draft. Definitely. So, you know, we we you know if we're com- being completely honest. We did not get a a full like indication of of where we are. So, yeah. what I'm looking forward to seeing in the next game when we play a, a little bit better competition is if. They can do, uh, still do some of the things that they did the previous game, um, as far as like defensively, as far as being connected defensively, um, offensively, being patient on offense, running the sets, you know, getting guys looks, being unselfish, and that's that's, I mean, that's just basketball. And and, and you know, when you have a young team, you got a team full of nineteen and twenty year olds, twenty one year olds, you just don't really know what to expect from game to game. You know, if, if they have some adversity during the game, I want to see how they respond to that. Yeah, um, because like it was they pretty much just steamrolled the San Antonio Spurs and, you know, everybody was happy. Knicks hit that half court shot. And, then, you know, <laughs> yeah. we, we did like Patrick Beverly did after they won that playing game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we oh, were, yeah. yeah <laughs> we, Victory lap.
0: Yep. Yeah, after Knicks hit that half court shot, you know, I you know, we get the whole, you know, Pat Bev, jump up on the table, you know, yep. on the way back to the locker room for halftime. So, you know, I, I want to see those guys go out and and, and and see how they respond to, you know, a team actually playing defense on them, a team, you know, actually uh, running an offense and and we needing to make adjustments defensively. So yeah. that's pretty much what I'm looking for. You know, it's only the second preseason game. This is really their only uh, their, this will be their second time actually playing against uh, another team that's not themselves in practice. And so they, they still have a lot to learn about each other.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and if I'm not mistaken, Toronto was a team that uh ended Jalen Green's thirty point streak. Um so I'm still we, mad about that. I'm still mad about that LaTar, <laughs> like, I, 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 so I, Nick, I might
0: I might uh send like a tweet to Nick Nurse because like, there, there was no reason for that man that like he, he specifically went in that in that game with a game plan to make sure Jalen yeah. Green did not score thirty on them.
1: Yeah, he he made it a point and I mean we we've seen throughout the year that, that Toronto is a very disciplined defensive team and when, even in the preseason. Um so I think even though it's a preseason game, I think that Jalen Green is gonna remember that and he's also gonna remember that most a lot of people were putting Scotty Barnes ahead of him as well. So even though it's a preseason game, Jalen Green is still a, a competitive uh, player, I still think that, you know, he was t- taking it easy this game, but I actually think that Jalen Green is going to come out fire in this, in this game, even though it's a preseason game, just to make it a point that, Hey, look, I know a lot of y'all have Scotty Barnes ahead of me, but I'm the best rookie of that, of, of last year's class. And I'm going to continue to prove it throughout the year. So I think that he's going to take a small step in the next game doing that. And like I said, it's, it's going to be good to see him go against an actual uh, NBA defense because yeah, that's Spurs defense. Um, I mean they it, it just kinda of definitely seemed like they are already into next year lottery uh ping pong ball mode because they they are definitely gonna be one of the the, the worst teams in the league uh, next year. But Toronto is a, a team that plays uh disciplined defense with Siakam and Scotty Barnes and Fred Van Bleet. So we're gonna see uh Rockets get a, a pretty good test in the next game. But I, I still expect to see uh like you say, KPJ and Jelly Green uh have a bounce back game on the offensive end. And then we'll kind of just see how the other players, how the rookies um, adjust to their uh, second uh, preseason game coming up. Uh, so that's going to do it for today's episode. Make sure you're checking, out us, checking us out later in the week. We're actually going to have our first Rocket uh, Rocket Fuel Science uh, podcast, uh, not podcast, but our, our breakdown uh, show coming up later this week. So uh, we're definitely looking forward to that. I appreciate Vader coming on for his first show. Uh, it was a lot of fun. We'll definitely be doing a lot more of these. So, uh, like I said, make sure you check us out later this week. We'll have a podcast also uh, probably coming up this weekend to recap uh, Friday's game. Uh, so, make sure you are uh, keeping you know, tuned on that. And uh, as always, we appreciate everybody that jumps on every single uh, day and every single week uh, to check out the Rocket Fuel podcast. Uh, we'll be back uh, later on this week. So, stay tuned. All right, y'all take it easy.